0: Howdy howdy do who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary and my name's adam and welcome to episode 236
1: one day i shall come back yes i shall come back until then there must be no regrets no tears no anxieties just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that i am not mistaken in mine
0: our lives are different too Howdy, howdy, howdy do Who fans? I hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, do Doctor, something who Doctor Who related.
2: Who. Related, yeah.
0: It's nice to be back recording weekly. After yes, it our, is. After our little jaunt where we all buggered off <laughs> for a few weeks, well, I did anyway. So it's good to be back doing it weekly. We've got some, uh, some pretty cool pieces of news to go through, Qu- quite light on merch, but we'll uh, We'll get through that and on to our review of The Leisure Hive. Mm. So it was a good opportunity for you all to get your season 18 Blu-ray box set out. Get those discs rocking. And uh watch the, the story itself, plus some of the funny or hilarious features <laughs> uh, that Adam and I will <laughs> we'll talk about a bit later on. But yes. Yeah. Episode 236. How have you been, buddy? What have you been up to anything?
2: Yes, I've been good. Yeah, I've been good. Yeah, I've been been working loads. But uh, yeah, in my spare time, I did manage to fit in a little bit of Classic Who this week, um, apart from Leisure Hive. Um, I, have to, I have to say, just going back to the Season 18 box set, it's, um, it's still lovely just to get that set. It's such a lovely set. Like, Brought it down and I was handling it all carefully, putting the you know, such a lovely set. Um, But yeah, I I also managed to watch a little bit of um, other classic here this week. So there was a set come out, oh, it's ages ago called Lost in Time. I don't know if if you've got this. I'm not even sure if it's still available. I have got it. So it was a DVD set and it kind of, you got it, yeah. Mm. So it's a good set and it's one I haven't sort of watched in ages. But because um, Faceless Ones was announced recently, I kind of fancied watching. The, the episodes the surviving episodes that are on the on this lost in time set so i thought yeah i'll dig that out and um because i think there's only yeah there's only two there's only two surviving episodes from it um and it's weird because i must have watched them when the set came out because i've watched everything on this set but it was like watching it it was like i hadn't seen it it must have been so long ago that i watched it because i didn't remember any of it so it was quite cool so i watched the two episodes from that um and it's a great set, this. It's uh, for anyone that's that's not got it. It's basically, so all the sort of stories that have got missing episodes, they basically put the, some of the episodes that they have got from them. So stuff like The Crusade, episodes one and three, Dalek's Master Plan 2, 5, and 10. I might watch them next, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I might watch a bit of Dalek's Master It's got Master the Moon plan. Base, got some of the Moonbase on there, isn't it? Yeah, it has, I said, yeah, moon Base episodes two and four, Faceless Ones, episodes one and three. That's what I watched. Um, If I'd have had time, it's got the Evil of the Daleks episode 2, but I didn't have time to watch that sadly, so I might watch that later. Uh, It's got Enemy of the World episode 3 on there, which of course now we have the whole thing back, which is pretty cool. Uh it's also got the Web of Fear, episode one on there as well, which uh which we've got back mostly. Um Wheel in Space, oh, and the Space Pirates <laughs> episode two. Now I do remember Space watching pirates. that um, and <laughs> being incredibly bored. But uh yeah, so it's a it's a really cool little set this. And um, like I said, I haven't dug it out for well, probably years. Um so yeah, I'm gonna watch a few more of those. It's just the frustrating thing is is because they're only sort of bit bitty, you know, one or two episodes from the story, it does often leave you wanting the rest of it, if you know what I mean. But it's, yeah, it got me in the mood for the faceless ones. I'm actually really looking forward to that coming Indeed. out now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch any of the other stuff. Oh, Celestial Toymaker's on there as well. Um, only episode four. God, in my mind, I thought there was more of that. Mm. Um, but that's that was one I remember really liking. Um, God, I thought there was two episodes surviving from that. Anyway, yeah, good little set. And it's got lots and lots of extras on there as well. So, yeah, yeah, Doc Two Lost in Time. But yeah, that's that's the only other thing I've managed to do this week. Uh, no reading. Been far too tired for any books um, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, apart from Doc Two magazine, which flopped through the letterbox every the day, which is a uh, very much Pertly inspired this month because um, of course the season ten Blu-ray sets out. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's a, that's a quite not a bad issue this this month actually. I've, uh, oh. Yeah, I've been flicking through that. Have you ordered season ten?
0: yeah i think my payment's come out i think zoom have zoom have taken it so it should be it should be landing soon hopefully what well, what was the actual date for it was it the 7th or something like that
2: uh, i think it's next monday which so the official release date is next monday which i think is the 8th actually okay um, yeah 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 the 8th so but but normally zoom um they send them out a bit earlier so normally people who order from zoom they get it like the friday before don't they so mm-hmm
0: indeed yeah zoom are really good for that actually i think all the times that i've ordered from them before it's the, the stuff's always arrived because i've kind of shifted over to them because i used to order everything from amazon because i thought yeah you know i've got amazon prime if i stick prime on there they normally ship it out for launch day which is fine but zoom especially for doctor who stuff i don't know it always seems to arrive a day or two early it's, it's great mm. Yeah,
2: I've I've started using Zoom. Um, I I've kind of really fell out of love with Amazon over the last couple of years. I think if you're not a Prime member, um, you know that I don't particularly like ordering from them unless unless I have to really. Because mm-hmm. a the you know the, there's minimum charge. Uh, there's like a postage charge over a minimum spend, and it seems to take forever for something to arrive if I order it. As I said, if you're a Prime member, then yes, they're pretty quick. But because I'm not, um. Yeah, I just find the service rubbish. <laughs> I'm just not, not really a fan of Amazon these days. So. And their prices aren't anywhere near as good as they used to be. But that, this is what happens, you know, once you get the monopoly. Remember when Amazon used to be so cheap? People used say, oh, go on Amazon. It's like, oh, it's only a couple of quid on Amazon. Mm. Yeah, not now. Not now, mate. Their, their, their prices yeah. are pretty much the same as high street stuff and uh, for a lot of things anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, not a fan. So, yeah, yeah, Zoom, zoom all the way, mate.
0: Yeah, and they're good, a good bunch of guys as well. Mm. yeah uh okay so you've had a you've watched a little bit of who nothing too yeah, major that's it,
2: mate. yeah yeah nothing too major what about you what have you been up to
0: yeah i've had a what seems to be it seems to be quiet weeks every week for who at the minute the only, <laughs> yeah it does. the only extra bit of who that i've watched is because i was watching because i had the season 18 box set out anyway um i sort of waved my finger in the air and stopped over another story from there so i stuck Megalos on
2: oh wow
0: Megalos, <laughs> yeah
2: cactuses yeah
0: the cactus yeah so that was interesting it's actually um it's been so long since i've seen meglos mm. really long time and uh it was interesting i'm not going to say too much because we haven't done that one yet uh, but it was interesting to, we haven't done it no no we haven't to watch through through that and uh yeah fighting over the old dodecahedron and mm. yeah and all that yeah it's, it's an interesting watch in, in a lot of ways it's quite similar to the leisure hive really with two Mm. sort of warring factions over something. And
2: And Tom gets to have to put on a a load of makeup in that as well, doesn't he, with, you know, all the cactus face that he has to put on, and he'd probably love doing that. Um, (laughs) I'm just looking, actually, is Leisure Hive... Is this the first one from season 18 that we've reviewed? Uh, I Uh, believe so. So, yeah, I think we're... Hang on, I can't find our schedule. Here we go. Yeah, I think from season 18, we're... Yeah, the Leisure Hive will be the first one from that season we've reviewed, uh, I think. It is, yes. Yeah, cool. Yep. So we're finally breaking breaking into those ones, yeah. Yeah, because after that, it's the...
0: So Leisure Hive and Megalos, and after that, you've got the Espace stories, and then, you, oh, yeah. and then it's the end of yeah. Tom, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, and it's an interesting season, isn't it, Tom's last one? There's so many things that changed and Tom's so different and Mm. it is an interesting one yeah I must admit I I mean I've watched through the all the extras on the season 18 set um but I haven't sort of gone through and watched all the episodes yet if that makes sense because there's so many extras in there on the new blu-ray um it's you know it's a real it's, it's just such a great box set but yeah i haven't actually got around to watching the episodes themselves because you know i have seen them all quite a few times before um but yeah yeah it's it's really cool to, to, to have been to season 18 again it's um i'm i'm finding new things all the time with it if you know what i mean yeah. yeah
0: yeah that's an interesting one we'll come on to some of that stuff when we got on to our review yeah but uh shall we get a couple of news bits done yeah let's see what's in the news big finish
2: happy birthday to- oh not yet is it not quite not quite <laughs> Not quite. <laughs>
0: but those guys have got some good stuff planned for their 20th have, yes. birthday uh one of the cool though so the legacy of time which is the brand new multi-doctor huge uh story that's coming out uh, for the 20th anniversary that's one of the things that they've got planned which we all know about but something else is quite cool is they're going to be doing a uh, a street a live stream for 20 hours
1: hmm.
0: over on youtube which is sounds really cool because uh the they don't really do much over on youtube which is no. which is understandable because they're audio only i think they do uh, some trailers and so on i think they they pop trailers up for for upcoming stories and so on but they yeah. don't do anything major on youtube so this is really cool to Because I don't think they could do it through their website, really. And it's not a podcast, is it? So if you're going to live stream something, then stick it out on on the Tube. And Mm. uh, it's going to be on. It's going to be over two days. So it's going to be the 20th and the 21st of July. And on their YouTube channel, they're going to put out 20 episodes of a range of Big Finish audio stories. Uh, They're also going to be uh, video appearances from. Uh, plenty of the Doctor's friends, apparently, from past and present to join in the fun. And Mm. uh, this will all go out um, via live chat enabled as well. So in a similar way that... Remember when Twitch did their live stream of all of Classic Who? Yeah. And you had everybody chatting along in the live chat, and it was really good. It's going to be a similar vibe to that, I imagine.
2: That's pretty good, isn't it? I like like this idea.
0: Yeah, it sounds Mm. awesome because... It gets people, if people haven't dived into any Big Finish yet, it's a, it's a way to, for free, check out a load of cool Big Finish stories and you can check out how good it is and the quality and in, in not just the, 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 the audio, but the actual scripts and the story writing. A lot of Big Finish is so good. So that's a good yeah. thing. And also, uh, the other good thing is it's just really cool when you have a bunch of Who fans gathering together and just chatting about Doctor Who and all that stuff. So... I, I'm really up for this because it's something that people can do anywhere. So you can do this at work, you can do it at home, or if you're traveling, whatever. As long as you've got a connection of some kind, you'll be able to, to stream this. And uh, yeah, are, are you going to dip into this?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I probably, I think I am working that weekend, which is a shame. But uh, no, I, do, I love this idea as well because the good thing about Twitch was it, um, yeah, like you said, that sort of interaction with other fans. And it was great, actually, with Twitch to see so many people like getting into Classic Who who didn't seem to have watched it before it was like oh you know this is hard. Oh, the third Doctor is really cool Wow, oh, was the first time I've ever seen him and some of the comments in that were Twitch were brilliant I remember it moved really fast though it was so hard to keep up with some of the comments when I was watching that but <laughs> no I think this is a great idea absolutely brilliant Um, and yeah I, I think with The Legacy of Tom, I've just pre ordered that literally pre ordered it um two days ago. Um, because this looks like a mammoth set, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I must admit, I hope it's not too overcrowded. It looks like they've got everybody in it, um, but I thought it's a celebration of Big Finish, so it's got to be done. Um, but yeah, I think this is a cracking idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely dip in. I mean, when I get back from work and stuff, I'll put it on, see what story they're on, see what people are saying, and you know, I think it'll be really good. I, I, I kind of miss the days of Big Finish used to have um. A forum where people could chat, and it it was a really cool forum actually. Um, on that was on their website. Oh, years and, ago, uh,
0: wasn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah, it was before the it was before the last update because they've just updated the website again. And um, it was a great forum actually. I know they said they had trouble monitoring it, but I never really saw it. You know, there was the odd sort of idiot that went on there and posted. <laughs> you know, like you know, like you get a lot on social media these days. Yeah, but there really wasn't a lot of that. On the forum, from what I remember, it was mostly just people who were really into their stories and chatting, you know, chatting about them and stuff. And it was a great place to go. But it was really sad when they got rid of it. And I remember there was a bit of an uproar. Um, But I suppose with Facebook, you have the same thing. But I don't know why. But with Facebook and Twitter, you seem to get more. I don't know, people just seem to Whereas on the forum. It was quite sort of. um, you know, like a really good debate, and nothing, no one was sort of throwing insults. It was just a good chat. And I don't know on Facebook and Twitter, it seems to always go into the realms of, you know, that step too far sort of thing. But um, yeah, yeah, it it's it will be cool. It will be cool to see what people are saying. Hopefully, some new people get into Big Finish, as well. Hopefully, so, yeah, yeah, should be yeah.
0: good. So yeah, the 20th and the 21st, Saturday and Sunday, 20th and 21st of July over on YouTube just do a search for Big Finish you'll see their official channel and the good thing is I assume rightly or wrongly that once this is done it will just be on YouTube afterwards anyway so if you missed it on the live stream you'll be able to um to pick it up afterwards so yeah go check that out
2: yes and also so in the next bit of news this is fantastic this is coming up this Saturday so Saturday the 6th of July um at 8 a.m. Gosh, I have to get up early. Uh, But it does get repeated at 3 p.m. as well. Uh, There's going to be, on BBC Radio 4 Extra, they're going to broadcast a special programme celebrating John Pertwee's birth. Um, He was born 7th of July 1919. He was born? Wow, Doesn't that sound mad? 1919, I did, yeah. Um, And what's really good about this is the, while making this documentary to celebrate uh, John's birthday, um, they've uncovered previously unbroadcast recordings um, of John Pertwee. And uh, the programme is going to be presented by Sean, his son, as well. So it's all really good. And just to give you a bit of blurb, it says um, through rare fan recordings made behind the scenes at television studios and at the first ever Doctor Appreciation Society convention, we hear previously unbroadcast stories and a very personal insight into the world's longest running science fiction show. The documentary features the last time John Pertwee performed as Wurzel Gummidge alongside Una Stubbs, and this recording was left untouched for over 25 years and was located during the making of this celebration recording. There are also rediscovered recordings of John Pertwee undergoing the complicated makeup process of making the of Gummidge series, and a visit to a location. Oh, sorry, visit a visit lo- where he visits a local radio station to take phone calls from enthusiastic children <laughs> wanting to speak to Wurzel. So, I mean, you love Wurzel Gummidge, so although there's going to be a lot of dot two content in this documentary, it looks like it's going to be some absolutely fantastic Wurzel Gummidge, um audio as well. So, I know you're going to love this. I'm going to absolutely love this as well. Um, and it just yeah, it just sounds really exciting, and especially as the fact that Sean's presenting it as well. So, yeah, Saturday the sixth, this Saturday, um, get tuned into BBC Radio Four Extra for this nice celebration at John Pertwee. Yeah, that's awesome. That yeah, because Sean's such a cool guy anyway. So
1: he
0: really is. Yeah, yeah it'll be really cool to hear him uh, going through. Um, everything yeah there's a, a whole bunch of rediscovered stuff and little snippets that we wouldn't have heard before and and all that stuff it's really cool and uh talking of the Wurzel stuff that they uncovered uh, there's a really cool facebook page i think it's called risk return to scatterbrook
2: oh yeah i know that one yeah,
0: yeah yeah i think they're the guys that made the wurzel book that came out a year or so ago yeah and they found this really cool video um it was a really rare recording of, of John Perks at the, what's the, oh, the Royal Variety performance. You know, this yearly thing oh, that they right, do. Yeah. yeah. And it was him yeah. as Wurzel. And it was a really Aye. rare recording as Donkeys years ago. That's a really good watch if you can find that. Because he's such a good performer, not just in front of the camera that we've seen him in for, for Who and, and Wurzel and so on, but just on stage doing live stuff. He's amazing. He's su- he was such a good live actor as well yeah it's, it's a yeah. joy to see yeah so it really was. yeah saturday the 6th of july so you have to get up early 8 a.m and then it repeats when did you say oh 3, 3 p. M. at 3 3 p.m that's
2: right yeah i'm sure it'll yeah. be you'll be able to stream it i'm sure i was gonna say for for people who can't get out of bed like myself it'll be here you'll be able to stream it i assume yeah there's
0: also this thing isn't there um <clears throat> uh the bbc have put together they've collated all of their podcasts and radio shows into something called bbc sounds and mm-hmm. it, apparently it's going to be on there for a month afterwards. So there's plenty of time to, okay. to listen if you don't catch it live. But yeah, yeah. that'll be a good one.
2: That will be good. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, right, shall we um, see what our metal friend mm. has got this week?
2: How is old Dalek's at? Yeah, get him in.
0: Merch Corner. Merch
1: Corner. Merch Corner. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very... Pretty. Well, there well, you are, young man. What do you think of that now, eh? A Viking helmet? I know, it's on the telly. It's everywhere. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. I work in a shop now, hit help.
0: Calendars. <laughs> Who doesn't love. I'll tell you what, this is going to sound weird, <laughs> but I actually look forward to what the mm. next year's calendars are going are gonna to look like. Yeah because we have this rotation in our house anyway. One year, I have the calendar that goes up on the kitchen wall. The following year, my wife gets one, and we go back and forth and so on. So at the moment, it's my wife's one.
2: Is it uh, the fireman calendar?
0: No, that was the two years (laughs) before that. This year, it's Harry Potter.
2: Harry Potter, Yes,
0: so next year, it's going to be my turn. So I, I did want to check out what the what the inside designs were going to be like mm. for the upcoming upcoming calendar and we've got a, a glimpse at the at the cover well, there's actually two calendars that that have, that have been announced uh, which are available already for next year and they always do these two don't they they do the desk yeah. block calendar which is essentially a, a a huge block of small they're quite a small little square and you just tear one off every day don't you and you just go through the block and then they do a proper hanging calendar that you that you stick up on the wall. And let me see if I can find the the hanging calendar. So, um, what I will say is the hanging calendar is 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 gone. Out. I'm not getting that at all.
2: Oh, okay. Well, what's that one then? Uh, that one's gone that out one? the window.
0: That the the design for that one. I, I'm I'm not being rude to whoever did the design for it, but. Yeah, it looks terrible.
2: Does it? Hang on a minute. I need to find the links. I've just, yeah, okay. So it looks absolutely terrible. So um, there's
0: two places that you can see this and order. So the first one is obviously Amazon. If you go to amazon.co.uk, we'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. If you head over to Amazon, you can get it there. Um, But you can also go straight to the uh, producer of the calendars, which is a company called uh, Danilo or Danilo, D-A-N-I-L-O.com. And you can order from there as well. And Which
2: is the one you don't like? What's the cover? I'm trying to find it.
0: So, the wall calendar uh, is the one that I'm really not too fussed on uh, because, like I said, it just looks dreadful. <laughs> right. Normally, some of these wall calendars, well, the ones that I've seen in the past anyway, they just some of the previous year's designs look really cool. But this one, it's got a really, it's that bloody, you know, on some of the action figures or the the Sonics or whatever, it's got this sky blue colour with the yellow text on it. Yeah. It's in that kind of design. But, yeah, I I just cannot stand that blue and yellow colour scheme.
2: It's funny because they've they've been using that for a while now. And I kept thinking, yeah, they'll they'll get rid of that because, you know, But they're still using it. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, because like the blue and silver that they sometimes use, like on the block calendar, I think works much better. Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to say. On on the desk calendar, the block one, they've gone with the the slightly older design with that dark blue. It has got like a yellow stripe, but it's it Mm. it looks a bit nicer to me anyway. Uh, And that looks quite cool. So the 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 block desk calendar, the ones that you tear off, Mm. that actually looks okay. Uh, And you can see again on the danilo i hope i'm saying that right the danilo website you can see some of the designs for the pages and they look really cool like for january the first page or oh, sorry for january the fourth and the fifth you've got william hartner when he's in front of a some looks like some gallifreyan symbols and there's space and yeah yeah so it looks really cool but the 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 hanging calendar the wall one no good mate it's um no good have you seen it yet have you got the link
2: uh no, no, unfortunately I haven't. I know you just sent it to me. For some reason I can't can't get it okay. to, to load. But, no but I was gonna say I'll come back to the block one because I know last year me and you both bought the block or the you know, the year before. So the twenty eighteen uh block calendar, we both had that one, didn't we? Yeah. Where you tear a page off. And it was pretty awful, wasn't it? We were like, "Oh God, this calendar!" Like every day we tear it off and be like, "What's that meant to be?" Like what they got all the names wrong. Some you know, like, and it wasn't very good. Um, but I bought this year's one. Just I don't know. I I really like the block calendar. So even though last year's was rubbish, um, I bought this year's one. And oh my god, they've really—it's so—it's like ten <laughs> times better. It's so okay. good this year. But I reckon so many people were probably put off by the previous one. They didn't bother with it. I, I don't think you—you you got it this year, did you?
0: No, I didn't. No.
2: No, no. I know. I, well, I'm not surprised after the year before. But yeah, it's really good this year. It's got loads of really cool, like, um, artwork pages. Um, and it's yeah, it's really good. I really love this year's book calendar. So I'm hoping that this new one for next year <laughs> will be as good because I do like the block calendar, but, um, no, the only other one I can see is the 2020. Well, it's just the standard, you know, big calendar that you put on your wall. Well, is that the one you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's got like the cover well, it's the artwork that we've had forever, isn't it? Of Like Jody, Jody and the fam mm-hmm. with all the twirls and stuff and crystals around them. It was the artwork that was revealed for, series 11 ages ago isn't it that's right yeah okay i can see it so the thing is with that is um i I actually like that artwork but this calendar to me feels like this should have been this year's it it feels really out of date if this is the you know if this is the cover they're going with this this surely is the series 11 calendar it doesn't you know it's probably chibnall just not giving them any new promo stuff i assume but yeah, I don't know. I don't mind the I don't mind the artwork itself, but just it just feels a bit stale. If that's, you know, the 2020 calendar. We've seen that picture so many times. It's like mm. Yeah. Well, there is yeah, that. So know.
0: the the cover like you say is it's last year's or last season, whatever you want to call it, which in yeah. itself is looks wonderful, you know, that, you know, we've said that before, but it's the inside designs for each month that's just terrible oh is that
2: what yeah. oh i see that's yeah i haven't got that on my screen i've only got the the cover i i see what you mean right yeah gotcha.
0: so as an example january you've got Jodie up the top there you've got a full almost a full length image of her and then you've got a big image of her face which is next to that with yeah. these very dodgy rough looking yellow crystal shapes and then in the bottom right hand corner you've got some of the crystals from inside the new tardis
2: Oh my word! All right, I finally got onto. The, yeah, I can. I can now see what you're seeing. But
0: the 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 Photoshop is is terrible. They have just been plonked oh. there, and the blue color doesn't match the the December, for example. So they've they've used this range of light bluey colors, mm. and they just don't work at all. And the, yeah, it just looks tacky <laughs> and awful.
2: I've got to be honest. Yeah, I can now see what you're seeing. I've got to be honest. this, this doesn't look good inside? This looks really. This looks like it looks like a kids calendar. It's it's really, yeah, colourful and bitty and horrible. Um, yeah. Oh, I can see the bating. This this definitely wouldn't end up on your wall. It's got the bating on it, so yeah. there are no way you'd have that on there. So what are you gonna have then if you if you're not if you're not having dot two? They oh. they might do a classic. Are oh yeah, a that's classic a good point. This
0: year, yeah, sometimes they do, don't they? They do a classic. Sometimes um, they
2: do, yeah. Yeah, um, I think they are, but we've got no cover for it. If if I'm looking at the right thing, yeah, I'm not sure, mate. So. It's going to have to be the wars then.
0: Have to go with Star Wars.
2: It's it's a bit strange how they um because they used <laughs> to just do a Doctor Calendar with all the Doctors, but now they seem to separate the first twelve Doctors and have an a, a, one just for Jodie's Doctor now, don't they? They did that last year and they've done it again. Mm. It's it's a bit weird. It's like it's almost like it's like you know oh that's for the classic fans and this is for the new fans it's like yeah we know there's a divide so we'll do two calendars <laughs> it's oh, a bit weird yeah. Do you know what i mean rather than having 13 doctors in yeah. one calendar but maybe it's because there's only 12 months so i don't know who anyway knows. i'm sorry who knows? doctor who
0: yeah but i've just had a look on their website for the star wars one and they've got a classic themed star wars one which looks brilliant so it might yeah. have to be that one sorry doctor who
2: but... well i'll get the blo- i'll keep i'll keep the uh I'll get the block one just to keep us in the loop.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to get the block one because the block one looks nice.
2: Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. So that's calendars. So if you want to keep yourself organized for next year. Uh, yeah. I mean the, the, the wall calendar, it does look great if you're in the age bracket of say five to 12. Yeah. If you're in that bracket, then you'll love it. But for the rest of us, it, yeah, it looks, I don't know. Anyways, Uh, We'll put the link in the show notes to these, but Mm -hmm. just go to Amazon or Danilo.com and you will find them. So that's it for news and merch. It's on to review time. We're going to zip down the time vortex to uh, Argolis for our review of...
2: Well, let's go to Brighton first for a really, really long (laughs) panning shot. (laughs) (laughs) So it is, of course, the fourth Doctor story, The Leisure Hive.
0: Tonight sees the start of a new adventure for Doctor Who. Tom Baker returns as the intrepid time explorer whose travels take him to the leisure hive, where the science of tachyonics is spectacularly demonstrated. It's got to be an unreal transfer.
1: Why is it got to be? Because
0: that's the only way to manipulate solid objects.
2: What if I told you this part of the galaxy doesn't discover unreal transfer until 2386? How how is it done? I don't know. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. Everything is under control.
1: Or nearly over. Warn all security guides to be on the alert for two unidentified visitors. Description, one tall, curly-headed humanoid in
2: the company of young humanoid females.
0: Doctor Who embarks on a new series of bizarre adventures starting tonight at 6.15 on BBC One. Doctor Who. Ooh. Don't you just love those really old BBC trailers or adverts?
2: I yeah. Well, they talk very well. Coming up now, it's the Doctor Who Big Blue Box podcast.
0: Yeah, it was back in that um, sort of late 70s radio voice still, wasn't it, on those ads? I love them. Nostalgia. Anyway, not that I was alive, but actually I was born the year this came out.
2: Also, if you... Oh, were you? I was gonna say also if you watch some of the you know like when the doctor actors used to appear on like Swap Shop or or an interview any sort of interview show back then they all speak in this very and they talk about it themselves They're like they all talk in this very posh BBC voice don't they yeah, like yeah. um I'm trying to think is it Nicola Bryan or someone I've I don't know is, it, they all do it though back in that day and I they and I've heard them talk about it now saying like we kind of. Everybody just sort of spoke in that way back then. And, mm-hmm. they, you know, they find it strange to listen back to themselves that they're talking like this, hello, good God, you know. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's the way it was. Everyone taught poosh, poosh. It was. Whereas now, yeah. like, mate, we all talk like this, don't we? We're all like, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I watch EastEnders, great, innit? We it, like it, it, now, it, it? We all talk like that, innit? Uh,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> I, think I, I think I prefer the poosh, to be honest. But anyway.
0: Anyways, yes. The Leisure Hive. It was first broadcast when I was eight months old. Wow. In August of 1980. <laughs> it was a four parter. It was written by David Fisher, directed by Lovett Bickford, and it stars Lala Ward as Romana, uh, Tom Baker, obviously, as the fourth Doctor, and uh, almost a cameo, I would say, from John Leeson as Canine.
2: Yeah. yeah. Poor old
0: Canine. Poor cool. yes. And the blurb for the story basically is the Doctor and Romana uh, try to go to. Uh, Brighton for a holiday and doesn't really work out they actually end up on their way to Argolis because Romana's like yeah they've got this amazing perfect sounding leisure complex known as the Leisure Hive Uh, so let's go there for a holiday Uh, when they get there there's like shenanigans going on there's a big uh, hostile takeover in the midst uh, 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 within the Argolins, and they're uh, their enemy, the FAMASI. And, um, <laughs> and uh, there's a, yeah, so it, it's all kicking off uh, within the Argolins and uh, there's some stuff going on there. So the first story from season 18, buddy, and I think the first story with which John Nathan Turner was producer. Mm, yeah. So we've got some changes afoot. But what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, he, he, he's definitely trying to put his stamp on it, isn't mm. he? So we've got yeah. new opening titles, different theme tune, name of the theme tune, theme to theme tune, um, new costume <laughs> for Tom, Tom looks different. It it, it it has a totally different feel to it from the previous season, which from uh, I agree with a lot of people. I think the previous season was a bit silly. Um, they've toned all that humour down. Um, Tom Baker, is uh, sorry, John Nathan-Turner has reigned in Tom Baker's uh, input so there's not so many ad libs from him and you can tell because he's much more subdued in this um, and uh, I don't know I, I've always really struggled with the Leisure Hive I it, it's a story that I really want to like um, because it's so much that interests me about it all these changes and, and all that and a new start and I don't know I, I've always wanted to like this one um, but I struggle with it in, in many ways. Um, I think there's a really good story. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it's a really good story at the heart of it. Um, so, but I, I don't know. I just I just find it a bit unengaging and a bit ploddy and stuff. So I, I really don't know what, I, even last night, I know a lot of people have got their season 18 box sets and a lot of people have found like a new love for this. They're like, oh, I didn't think I liked Ledge Hive. I really enjoyed it, watching it again last night. I wanted that to be me this time. I thought, yeah, maybe I'll find a new love for it. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll see it in a different way. And in some ways I do like it, but I just find it a bit hard going. Um, but there are so much that I do like in it. It's a real contradiction to me, this one. So I am I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm kind of on the fence of it. I want to love it. I do love bits of it, but I also find it a bit of a slog. And I watched it in two and two, so I didn't even watch it all in one go. I watched two episodes and two episodes. So... I don't know. But there's there's stuff about it I love. And I, I think they really try hard. I think the director tries. I think the director is really thinks he's really going for it. And I don't think it always works. I think um the, the, the whole way through it, I kept thinking, you know, he's really trying to make a movie here. Um, what's the director's guy? Uh, Levitt Pickett or something like that. Levitt <laughs> uh, Bickford love it pickford yeah 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 i don't know if you felt this way but all the way through i thought he is really grabbing this to both horns but unfortunately i don't think a lot of it works like you know what i mean he's he's going for high angles and he's getting the camera inside that little box so he can film them from that side and he's he, i think he tried really hard and i thought i think he was in his head i think he thought he was making like alien 2 you know <laughs> he really does try hard to make this really good but um I don't know. It just it just doesn't all come together for me quite, this this um this story. I mean that, that opening shot of Brighton Beach is is just unbelievable. I mean it goes on <laughs> and on and on. And I and I saw on the production notes that they did film a couple of takes. So they filmed like that really long one which they ended up using, but they did film a, a quicker pan mm-hmm. to the, the TARDIS. And I'm thinking, so when you're in the studio, you know, putting this together, wouldn't you have said do you know what? That is a bit long. That is a bit long. Yes, let's use the the third take where we did a quicker pan round. That would be much better. But oh my god, when you it really goes on, doesn't it? <laughs> you know. And I think in a way, that's how I feel about this story: is that it's kind of really nice to look at. And when you get to the end, it's like there's that lovely Tardis shot, and oh, it's all lovely. But it's just it just takes so long to get there. Um Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know what I think of Ledger Hive at all. And I've watched it a few times now. So I don't know, mate. We'll have to talk through it. What do you think of it? Mm, yeah, you, you kind of <laughs> took the words
0: out of my mouth, really, mate. It's, okay. It, it's one of these stories that I really, really want to like. Yeah. Because it's got that... Yeah, it's got that really cool sense of storytelling about it. Mm. You've got these you've got this political thing going on. You've got the science stuff in there. You've got, you know, it's got some good stuff, but I just get so distracted uh, at various points in this to the point where it's frustrating to me because I'll, I'll I'll get like sort of 10, 15 minutes through each, each episode. Mm -hmm. And because I've, my brain switched off, (laughs) I then annoy myself because I'm thinking, Oh, what happened just then? I have to rewind a few minutes now. What? What did I? Just, what did I miss then? So it ends up taking me like hours to watch it because I keep just switching off and drifting off. Um, yeah, and I think it's just a combination of a uh, of sort of predictability, uh, some some filler stuff, and also the direction's just bloody boring. Um, I mean, they, yeah. I mean, they try to do stuff like you said they. have um love it bickford he, he did try to to do various things and i think that there was some influence from from john nathan turner as well i think he said that mm. we want to because there's the new theme there's the new uh the opening sequence the new tardis look which is a slight change from previous the new you know everything you know you try you can like you said he's tried to put a stamp on right this is now the start of my era as producer mm. and love it's like oh, okay well you know, this is going to be cool. It's you know, I can do this and I can do that, but it just, some of it just falls flat on its bum. Really, it's just, uh yeah. But that's the thing. I really want to like it because there's some good stuff there. But I don't know. I I, I found myself switching off in every episode.
2: I, I um, yeah, I was going to say I have to um, confess I was exactly the same, um, and I a bit like you, I was getting annoyed with myself because I actually couldn't stop myself drifting off in, in thought. I wasn't checking my phone. I, you know, I was just like, I did, I just kept drifting off. It didn't hold my attention. And like, just like you, there were two moments uh, during watching the four episodes where I had to let like you go back and I was like, what just happened? Sorry, what, what's going on now? So even though this is probably my fourth, maybe fifth time watching this over the years, I, you know, I've probably got this on VHS somewhere. I've Definitely got it on DVD. You know, this is not my first time watching it. So I still, and I, uh, I hate to confess this, but I still had to go onto Wikipedia this morning to read the synopsis just to fill in. Cause I really didn't get all the yep, stuff that was yep. going on. Um, I was like, so what was all the stuff with the the bodies all splitting up on screen? And um, what were those little things that kept popping off their heads? And you know, they when you know, the little berries that keep falling off there. Mm. There yep. were so many bits that I just wasn't sure what, that actually happened and there's some crazy scenes as well, like when the um <laughs> what they called the Famosa.
0: <laughs> the Famosa what the
2: they call what the? oh yeah, I so, say so don't get me started on people's names in this as well. It's gonna be a disaster. Yeah, when they were unveiled, <laughs> you know that scene, that, that cliffhanger? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what was going on there. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know when he grabs mate's face? I was like, what oh, just yeah. happened? Yeah, yeah. What just yeah. happened? But then in the in the next episode, when it picks up from that, you kind of see the reveal better. Or, or maybe I just picked up on it But I was like, oh, I see. He's just unmasked him. I didn't get that at all. I thought he was trying to kill him. Um, yeah, there were so many moments like that when I just didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, I ha- I did. I had to look on Wiki this one just to sort of try and get my head around the story. And that's why I said when I read it through on paper... I was like, oh, okay, this is yeah, this is a good, this is an interesting idea. This is a good story, um, and maybe if I'd read Wiki first and then watched it, and so that I knew what was going on. But I think because I kept tuning out like yourself, and I didn't know what was going on half the time. I think that again just affected my enjoyment. I was just like, oh, what, what, what's happening now? Why is the doctor going back in there for? You know, stuff like that. So, yeah. But yeah. I, but uh, the reason I want to love it is because I do find this. I do find season 18 as a whole really interesting. Um, you know, Tom's last season, he's my favorite doctor. Um, I, you know, I, I always find it hard to pick a favorite doctor, but I know that in my heart, it's Tom. I love Thomas the doctor. And I find this, um, I find it a really interesting season with him being his last. He's so different in it. The costume's different. And there's just, there's so many things going on in this season. That I love, which is what the reason I want to like this story. Cause it really kicks all that off, you know? Um, yeah so yeah it's, it's yeah it is a strange one, but I'm absolutely the same as you. I didn't have a clue half the time i just just <laughs> couldn't i couldn't concentrate on it and I was really trying as well i I genuinely was like, Come on, get your head around this, you know you get into it sort of thing, but i couldn't
0: i know what you mean yeah
2: and I, mm. and that's the thing it's um
0: it's not like it's like terrible doctor who you know no
2: it's not that's the thing yeah, yeah.
0: it's it's not um you know, there's there's nothing in here that's that makes you think, oh crikey, I'm never picking that up off the shelf again. And it, it, it's that kind of thing. It's it's really just the. I think it 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 comes down to the script mainly. I just think that the there isn't enough quality in the script to keep you coming back because a lot of because once you get into episode three, especially. You 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 kind of go round in circles a little bit until the end. Yes, you do. You yeah. know you have this yeah. uh, have this thing with the Argolins are there's this thing, isn't there, where they don't they're they're sterile after all the wars with the Firmasi. So their mm. only way of surviving is to prolong their their life, which which they're experimenting with with this tachyon uh, stuff. Yeah. So that provides. That's cool in a way. The idea of that is very cool. But then how you actually get to the conclusion, you actually go around in a few circles. So you have... Who, who's the 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 woman who takes over from... Uh, uh, Mina. So when Mina, she takes over from... What's his name? He yeah. he dies fairly early on. Who's the, the leader at the beginning?
2: Oh, the guy, yeah. Because that, that, again, when his little the little cherry pops off his head and I'm like, what was that? And then he dies.
0: Yeah, oh, Morix. So Morix, Morix he's the yeah. guy who's in charge, he's the, the chief exec. When he dies, Mina takes over, but then that just repeats itself, so she then starts to get old. And then it's like, go around in circles, like, right? well, she's going to be rejuvenated, but she can't do that until the science experiments have been cleared. But they can't do that until the doctors can help, can, can help, The Dr. Romana. But they can't do that. And, you know, and, and then we go around again. So, it, it kind of loops itself a, a, a few times, but, and it would be nicer as well if there was a little bit more in the way of sets as well. Because what I found was walking through those white corridors, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks it looks kind of cool. You know, it looks, you know, it does look cool, but it just felt a bit claustrophobic as well. Because we go through to, there's a few corridors, as you would expect. But then you have like the main chamber, I suppose, with the old helmet hanging down from the middle. Whatever that helmet is, there's something of... Yeah. Whatever it was, the helmet yeah. of Theron, I think it was. uh And then you've got the science room where they're doing experiments. And then you've got like the, I don't know, like the hangout room where people are just watching what's going on. And yeah, you know, where Pangol, that like one with the big globe in it. Yeah, where Pangol, yeah. he's like demonstrating the cool. You know, his limbs come off and his head comes off and he's.
2: And I love that effect. I mean, it. yeah. it's very simple and dated, but I do like <laughs> that effect. It's quite creepy, especially, that's the other thing, the cliffhangers to this story are really good. Oh, cliffhangers, yeah. The yeah. cliffhangers are great in this story. They kind of almost woke me up. You know what I mean? I was like, it's oh, a brilliant. Like the first one with the Doctor being pulled apart. It's a fantastic cliffhanger. Um, and the second one's good as well when he comes out all old, and it's like, you know, <laughs> there's great stuff. I think, in a way, it's weird because in the previous season, the, the humour for me definitely was too much and i think they were right to tone it down but one of the, but i think they went too far because i think one of the things that would have made this story more enjoyable for me anyway is if it just had a little bit more of tom's humor in it right just not right. too much I, I think they were right to rein him in but it, it does seem to be missing you know if you think of like robots of Deaf, which is a great story and it's you know really serious most of the time it does have some lovely moments what you might call Tom moments, doesn't it? You know, would you like a jelly baby? Or, you know, shut up and all that, you know, all those lovely little scenes. I think we had a just a little bit more of that in this because the only one we really get, and it almost feels like an ab lib, I don't know if it is, is when, um, he gets accused of murder and Tom says, or the doctor says, you know, well arrest the scarf then or whatever. And that's a lovely moment. And I thought, oh, that was, you know, that's fun. And it kind of brought a smile to my face. I think we could have done with just a couple more little bits like that. And, mm-hmm. You know, maybe a bit more of that sort of charm between the Doctor Ramana, which again sort of brings us on to where we are in production because Tom and Lala clearly aren't getting on at all in this story. I think this is the one where famously Tom won't even look at her. And I did notice that in a lot of this. He, When he's saying his lines, he, he just won't look at Lala. He's <laughs> like staring straight ahead. There's a very frosty atmosphere between the two actors, which unusually really uh, you can tell <clears throat> on screen. So like, you know, we've said before about Tom and um, Louise Jameson famously not getting on at the time, but on screen, you probably wouldn't know they were brilliantly together as the doctor and Leela. But I do think in this story, you can tell, you can tell that Tom and Lala are just not getting on. And mm-hmm. it's a, it just feels frosty, but also the script doesn't help because there's no real nice little moments between the two of them that, that we've had in previous seasons. So I, absolutely right to tone down the humor but i think they just perhaps reined it in a bit too much because um the guy who wrote the script says in the documentary that he you know he had a lot of the humor cut out and yeah. i was thinking oh well what, what did he have in there um david fisher yeah he said he you know all the little jokes and things are all taken out and i thought oh well they should have left a couple of bits in because for me, I think that's what's missing. Really, it's a you know, it's a good story. I do find the sets bland as anything, but you know, they kind of work in a way. Um, great cliffhangers, good stuff going on. The performances from the cast is pretty good on the whole, but I think it just misses. It just lacks that sort of Doctor Who warmth and the sort of you know. I think the Doctor's a bit too subdued in it. Really, I think that's probably why I just find it a little bit. It doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Yeah, that's a good point actually.
0: Yeah, I think in in some of Tom's best stories, it's when he's got a really good range of quietness and humour, but then he mm-hmm. also loses it sometimes and bellows at people. And Yeah. Yeah, we don't really see that, do we, in this story? He's quite... It, it must have been a ruck with a missus. He must have just <laughs> been like, I'm not in the mood for this today. Erin indoors has gone off on one this morning and dug me out all the way here and now i'm just not in the mood to play doctor who today i'm sorry guys but and you can tell we we laughed earlier before we started recording we were talking about uh, there's some really good features on the on the on the blu-ray set for this i think it's on the dvd as well actually um where yeah. you see some of the behind the scenes like some there's a, some cameras down on the set and stuff and you can see that tom's really crotchety isn't he and very pretty miffed with pretty much everybody <laughs> mm. uh, throughout a large portion of the filming on the set and that comes through on camera unfortunately quite a lot because he himself just looks like you know don't get me wrong he's he's good still you know he's always good he's a prof. you can tell he's professional but just you can tell that he's his, i don't know his personality is just dumbed down a little bit he, he's just yeah. not in the mood to sort of give it you know 110 he's just like yeah i'll turn up and i'll and i'll do what i need to do but you know i I don't know there's just something about the way he is and i don't get me wrong it's hilarious watching him shout at people and throw stuff and you know it's hilarious (laughs) to see now but i could imagine at the time everyone was like oh god
2: you you can you can really feel the the atmosphere can't you i mean i find that studio footage fascinating because Mm. yeah tom's very He's very grumpy mm-hmm. on that studio footage. There's, there's the bit where he throws the helmet and he swears. He's like, I'll throw this effing prop then, shall I? And he's written. you can just feel the other actors are just like walking away and we'll let him get on with it. Um, and then there's the scene where the woman says, oh, Tom, when, when he's all made up to look old, which apparently he hated, <laughs> yeah. he was like, oh, well, you know, he wanted to get changed back to the Doctor as soon as possible. And they were like, no, you've you got to stay like that for two episodes. That's the whole point of it. And he really didn't like that, apparently. But there's a scene where, you know, floor manager or whatever says, Tom, when you come out, can you, you know, this woman says to him, can you just like look to the left and right before you say your lines? And he just glares at her, just glares. And I mean, yeah, he just it just really doesn't look happy. But the other thing I find fascinating about that studio footage is not just seeing him being angry and all, you know, seeing that side of Tom, but it's just the professionalism in him is still there because. There's that scene where he's swearing and throwing the prop, and then as soon as they say action, he switches straight into. He's back, yeah. He's he, you know, there's no sort of fluffing his lines or oh, hang on, I want to do this again. I'm having a bad day or oh, just forget it or none of that. He'll he'll sort of be. He seems to be sort of fuming underneath the surface, but then he, as soon as they shout action, I mean, you you watch it every. He's straight into the role and saying his lines, and I did. I just found it amazing to watch him at work, even though he's clearly. Not very happy at this point. I I have heard people say he was a bit unwell during season eighteen. I've never been quite sure what was wrong with him or what he had or what you know. I don't know what, when people say he was unwell or <laughs> I don't know. But uh, let me tell yeah, you. But it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just it is amazing to see him just switch from his clearly unhappiness on set to to going yeah. into I'm the doctor mode. Um, just a flick of a shout of action its quite something actually especially the old man scene he's straight into it yeah so yeah
0: yeah he is professional still he's definitely just, um, yeah
2: definitely professional but just very i should imagine very uncomfortable to be around on set when he's like that yeah you know, yeah for the other actors yeah
0: and also we've seen up to this point um previous to season 18 we've seen some complete belters of stories from tom yeah. So we've already seen potentially the best of Tom before this point. Arguably, mm. you know, depending on your opinion, but uh if you know prior to this season starting, we've already seen like some of the the most amazing stories from Classic Who with Tom. So when you see him like this, it's like, oh, you know, we we can see what you can you know with the right script and yeah, when you haven't got a grump on, you know, we can see how amazing you can make the story and almost carry it if you like but it just felt like there was just I don't know like some of the scenes where he's not in it (laughs) they're (laughs) they're actually quite they're quite upbeat in a way and they're quite good Um, but you can just tell that there's a feeling that when he's on set that everyone's just a bit I think it's a combination of fear and sort of treading on eggshells. Everyone's a bit like, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing because he's going to shout. Or, you know, I don't want to do this because he's going to lose his rag now and we're going to have to do the scene again and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating to watch behind the scenes. Anyone that's not watched the features on this one, give it a watch because it's just incredible because you would never think that all the the hoo-ha that happened before they yelled action was actually going on. You just thought that everyone just turned up and everyone was... You know having a great old time making Set a show that, yeah a show that they love and it's all good but no it's um the the difference is night and day uh especially mm. with Tom yeah but uh anyway let's talk about some story stuff so I know that we we're, we're we're in agreement with that uh, the fact that it's a little bit of a slog to keep up with mentally, but did you yeah. think that the the overall concept because I found it to be uh okay in a way i mean it's something that we've seen a few times where the the doctor arrives and there's already two uh factions or two races or species whatever two lots of aliens uh in in war or have just finished war and now it's like peace negotiations but then there's like the 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 people that are underhanded that don't agree with the the upper echelon so they're staging their own thing against whatever um I just wish that there was more stuff around that because I think what what happens at times is you have these monsters like the giant bugs, the beetle things, the Famasi that are that are there that are don't represent the Famasi in per se. They're like a kind of separate little group that are, that are on Argolis and they're going to try and sort it out on their behalf, sort of unofficially. Mm. Um, but you just don't see enough of them. You see like their hand on screen a few times and you know the odd person gets killed. And it's not until yeah. right at the very end that they reveal themselves and then they start talking and then you find out you know what they're about. And then you've got the character Pangol, who's one of the Argolians. He was actually created from the generator, wasn't he? He was he wasn't yeah. born, he was created. And then he's gonna make his own clone army and he's gonna take on the so. You've got like the the officials, if you like, the governments of these two races, and they've just finished war and they're negotiating peace still and all that stuff. And then you've got underneath that, underneath that, you've got Pangol who's going to build an army and just crush them. And then you've got the famasi little group that you know is trying to because uh, there's like an, an offer, isn't there, from someone on Earth actually? Because mm. the whole the whole point of the story initially, anyway, is that the Leisure Hive is just close to bankruptcy yeah. because there are other holiday locations around the galaxy or the <laughs> universe that offer much nicer experience and stuff. So there's like a, an offer to buy them out. Um, so you have all these like, like different, uh, streams of stories, if you like, but it all seems to get overshadowed by this kind of, they, they really want to push the science part of it at times. Yeah. You know, they really want to go ahead with this tachyon uh thing That's probably with, down
2: to Chris Bidmead probably.
0: Well yes, I was gonna say because yeah he was um they, they hadn't hired him at this point had they as executive producer but he did what he was re- responsible for the story. Um he, he's a script editor I think on it isn't he so yeah. he
2: probably had a bit of input into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so you can tell a mile off that Chris but you know <clears throat> the science part of it is front and centre. But I just really wish that they would have reversed that. You know, I really wish that the science part of it maybe would have taken a back seat and we would have had yeah. the pharmacy reveal themselves earlier on in the story and then more of a a two-in and throw-in between them and Pangol and him wanting to build his clone army because it's right at sort of partway through episode four that yeah. that, that yeah. all kicks off and it's like, yeah, this is getting good now. but And then, you know, it's short-lived and we find out yeah. it's the Doctor that gets cloned, which is quite funny. Uh, yeah. And then that's it. And then they're off. So I'd love to have seen that all at like the end of episode two, maybe. I don't know. What do you, what do you reckon on like the concept yeah. of the story and stuff?
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with you because it is weird. I found, um, I found the ending a bit like, you know, when it, when it all sort of finished, I was like, Oh, is that it? You kind of, they come out and the, you know, the guy's been turned into back to a baby and then they, they just sort of say, Oh, well we're off now. Bye bye. Yeah, so it did feel like a bit of a sort of quick wrap-up, um, with that. I'm not sure how I feel about the Formosi though, because I don't think they look particularly good. So I'm thinking I don't know if I did. I don't know. In theory, I'd like them to have come into it sooner, because I agree with you. I think I, there was a good sort of story to be had between those fighting fractions. But then again, I'm thinking I don't know. I think they're. I think the less they're seen on screen, the better, because for me, they work much better when you're just seeing the claw and the eye and stuff. But when you see them blobbing around with their big stitched up necks and
1: uh-huh.
2: they don't look particularly good and it's weird because i think we're, they're really trying to and you know jnt and the production and the director and everything they're really trying to push doctor who into the next level with the story you can tell that they're like right come on guys let's let's you know we're not doing any of that stuff anymore this is gonna we're gonna push it to the next level doctor who's gonna not gonna be laughed at anymore it's gonna be a serious show and and then you've got these aliens that come out looking all like well, like a man in a baggy sleeping bag, basically. Um, <laughs> Sleep. it does what, yeah. Sleeping bag. Sleeping um, bag. And I think for the most part, the director tries to keep them. You know, he just shows little bits to sort of keep them looking as good as he can. But then there is, yeah, it's almost if he just gives up at the end. He's like, oh, well, I'll just get them on, and they just don't look particularly good, I don't think. And uh, it's no, no disrespect to June Hudson because I think she's fantastic, but. You know they they do they just look like someone's put an action a sleeping bag and stitched it up at the neck instead they, they don't look good at all so yeah i agree i would have would have liked to have seen more of them if they look better but they don't so i don't really want to see more of them <laughs> and like
0: a lot of classic who aliens they don't move very fast either due to the no. limitations with the costumes so they kind of amble around and
2: yeah, they do, don't they? just really sort of amble around. Yeah. yeah. The only good bit is when they're grabbing the guy's face. That's pretty creepy. Oh, you know, yeah, you know yeah. that the cliffhanger to episode three, I thought, oh, well, they they look nasty. If they could have somehow filmed them more a bit like that. I don't yeah. know. They, maybe they could have worked better. But, yeah, in, the, in episode four, they just kind of just wobble around the sets looking a bit rubbish.
0: It mm. was <laughs> creepy, that bit, though, when they grabbed the guy's face. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah.
2: Yeah. What, what did do you, you think of old? old, old oh, sorry, go,
0: on.
2: Oh, go, on, go. On. No, like say. What did you think of old Tom as well? Because he's old <laughs> for two episodes, isn't he? And I, well, <laughs> I think if I hadn't seen the studio footage, I probably would see it in a different. Because I think the performance is really good. Um, I think he's, you know, he, he does feel like he's aged, and he just, and the makeup's great, isn't it, for the time? It is actually. The makeup yeah. is brilliant. He really does look. <laughs> 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 he just looks so old, and it's brilliant makeup. And I think. It's great to see him like that. I think Tom plays it really, really well. But, um, but I think it, w- it would have been more of a contrast if we'd have had him a bit more doctorish before. Like we were saying earlier, but not, not gags every two minutes, but because he's already subdued in this story, he sort of goes from being subdued to even more subdued. I think, oh, it's a shame he's a bit more doctorish and then goes to this. Would have been a bit more of a contrast, if you know what I mean. But, but yeah, I do think he's yeah. really good as the aged Doctor, I, I did. I liked that, and I'm glad that he didn't get his way of turning straight back in the next episode. I'm glad he was kept old because it it, it did make it more interesting. I thought. Oh, for sure, yeah. And yeah. if you think about how
0: Tom has been in some previous stories, it would have been great to see him like that, like you said, when he was like not like the Doctor as his normal age at that point. So yeah. If you think about when Tom very first took over the role, even in Robot. You know, at the beginning where he's in I and out of the thinking, TARDIS yeah. and he's skipping along with Harry and... So different. Yeah. If he was like that, you know, he was just full of life, it feels like. He was just... Mm. Had like 20 Red Bulls before the camera went on and... Yeah. You know, and he's, yeah. if he would have had that and then we had... Uh, the, the performance when he was really old, it's, it's great. Keep it like that because he's moved slower and you can tell that he's sort of drifting off into the distance, you know, and mm. he's having to think about things a bit more because because he's so old. So if he would have kept his performance like that, but just when he was, if only he hadn't been rocking with bloody Lala Ward as much, because I'm, yeah. I'm confident that that's what it was that, that made that so, so weird on set when those two was having a Cause it's well-documented, isn't it? When them yeah. when those guys had a row, it was just so, it just wasn't good. So I don't know, man, it's a shame if he was like firing on a few more cylinders like before and after the old Doctor bits, it would have been such a big contrast. It would have made that even better. Um, but no, I, I get I you. As, so. as old Tommy's great though.
2: Yeah, I was going to say I, I I think it would have been good to see more of a contrast. But the thing is, I do love I do love the fact that the Doctor's more subdued in season eighteen as a whole because it, it does feel like he's winding up to the regeneration. So I do like that. But I think it works better in other stories. Like I think he's almost too subdued in this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the for me, it's perfect. He's broody, but then he's still quite shouty at times, isn't he? He's like oh, telling yeah, yeah, yeah. a You know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's still, he still feels different to the, to the fourth Doctor that we got in Robot. He feels way different for that. And I think that's great because he's leading up to you know the end of his era. But um, but in this, he's just, yeah, it does feel like he, for want of a better phrase, can't be bothered. <laughs> I was going to say something <laughs> else then, but we're a founding point. It does feel a bit like, yeah, he's not really far on all sinners. And like I said, that could be because he wasn't feeling well, it could be because him and Lala weren't getting on. It could be all of those things. And also him and T were clashing a bit, I think. Um, yeah. you know, so there's probably a lot of reasons for it. But yeah, to me it's just a bit too toned down in this one. Uh but yeah, it works better in other stories, I think. That more subdued doctor. And it goes well with his costume, doesn't it? It's weird, you know, like with McCoy. <laughs> You know, they change the jacket to a darker brown, and the Doctor gets a bit darker in character. <laughs> that kind of works. I feel the same with Tom as well. I really like the burgundy costume, but I, I like the fact it's only for the last season because I just think it really suits the Doctor that he's playing at that point. Somehow, in the same way, McCoy's sort of a bit darker when he gets the darker jacket. Right, so, right. yeah. But yeah, I I'm quite quite like the burgundy. Quite like the burgundy scarf. <laughs> it does look cool, yeah. actually. I mean, it's obviously and not the as- hat. Yeah, it's not as Which he iconic, only wears is it? in this one, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hat, yeah.
0: But the the burgundy scarf and the coat and stuff—it's not quite as iconic, is it, as the the multicolored version?
2: No, not no. quite.
0: But I really like it. It's a great, yeah. It's, it's a great design, and yeah, It suits him. Yeah, there is something about like sort of subliminal, isn't there, about the when you tone down the doctor's uh, attire. That does I suppose it's meant to represent their sort of darker feeling or a darker mm. direction they want to go in, but
2: I'll tell you one thing I did notice mm. as well is um how many blimming layers was he wearing? He must have been baking in that shit. <laughs> you know, you know there's one point when he's sort of down to his waistcoat and shirt and then he, he sort of gets dressed, and he? he's like, Oh, pass you my jacket, Romana, and he's got a jacket under a jacket under a scarf with a waistcoat and a shirt. And I'm like, Blimey, the man must have been Baking under all of that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I n- I've never noticed before that he's got a. It looks like he's got a waistcoat and a jacket, and then that big jacket on top. Yeah, from yeah. what I, from what I could tell. I mean, I've never really noticed that before. I just thought he was wearing a big red coat. Well, maybe there was no heating on the
0: set because. Um, it went so far over budget.
2: Oh
0: yeah. J- JNC got a right telling off from the BBC he did, big didn't Wigs. He yeah. yeah. He said, "What the hell?" like the first story in and you, you know yeah, you're I know, yeah. so over budget <laughs> so maybe they couldn't afford to put any any 50ps in the heating meter
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. that's why it's wrapped
0: up so much mm-hmm.
2: oh crikey oh, this,
0: this doesn't sound like the production went well at all not it at doesn't. all because no. i remember when i remember when i watched this first time and reading some things on the wiki about it uh J&T really, basically, in the land of TV, I suppose, uh, crap rolls downhill. So mm-hmm. if J&T gets told off by the bigwigs, then J&T needs somebody to tell off. So yeah. that has to be the director, doesn't it? So I remember reading that J&T was so furious that he had got a telling off, that he had said to Bickford, look, you forget working on who again. I can't have you back here. You know, he never did, did he? No, he no. never. He never, didn't have him back again. No. no
2: um, and also, talking of his direction as well, I know we, you know, talk about the long uh, opening shot of Brighton Beach, but there was another shot in this which I've never really noticed before. But we get it a couple of times. And I think I was sat there thinking, is he? Does he think he's making two thousand and one a space odyssey or what? Yeah. Because there was this shot of this model spaceship sort of docking or something. Twice. So it we seems saw that. to go on for blooming ever mm-hmm. and it's such a rubbish model as well i was like at first i couldn't even tell what it was and um do you know the bit i mean it just it just went on and on and i was like what's happening here and yeah. and, and we see it i think nearly three times thankfully the second and third time we see that same model shot they don't show it for as long but yeah my yeah. goodness the first time we see that model shot, it, it feels like it's going on forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kept thinking, like, what, what is going on here? Has someone forgotten to trim this or or does he is he trying to make it really epic? You know, it just didn't didn't work at all.
0: No, the direction's quite uh slow for a lot of it. Even when the See, the problem is there aren't any decent action scenes either. Not really, no. There's the scene where the Famasi grab that guy by his face and you know all that and then there's the scene towards mm-hmm. the end where uh pangol's getting quite uh up himself and getting quite animated and stuff but, but that's not really an action scene is it to be honest and uh yeah no, it's i mean just, I, I- there's not enough going on to contrast i mean you can understand it if as a director if you said like okay in every episode We've got these really cool action scenes and there's a fight scene here and then there's a chase scene here and this is all good. So what I'm going to do is to break this up a bit and we're going to have these really nice slow panning shots, a bit like, you know, 2001. So it just provides the viewer with just, you know, 30 seconds relief. But yeah. the, the problem is there's no, none of that stuff going on. It's just a lot of walking around and sciencey talk and and political talk and that's it really.
2: It's quite wordy, isn't it? It is yeah. quite wordy. And I mean, to be fair to love it Big, Bigford, um, I think in a way, he's trying to do something different, but for me, it just doesn't personally work. You know, as yeah, I said, yeah. I do feel like he's almost going for that sort of space Odyssey really slow. You know, like Stanley Kubrick is just such a great director, but but that's fine if if you've got the visuals, like <laughs> the stuff in Two thousand Space Odyssey, yeah, there are shots like that that go on forever of a spaceship and, you know, and, and people walking towards camera, but they're visually stunning, you know, so you, <laughs> you can get away with it, but with, with this, it, it just doesn't work. But I feel that's what he was going for. I think he's trying to put that sort of, cause the music as well, um, it, you know, the incidental music in it, it you know, it's, it's so different, you know, poor old Dudley Simpson's been given the chop. Um, so Peter Howell comes in and does the music for it. For, for me personally, i I love Dudley's music. Absolutely oh, yeah. love Dudley's yeah, yeah. music. But I do also really love Peter Howe's music in this. That's one of my pluses for the story. It's um, it's a bit over the top at times, and I think there's a bit too much of it. But I really like the 80s score that this um, this one's got. I think it helped keep me, you know, engaged in it uh, when I was engaged in it. So I do like the instrumental music. I have to say, as much as I miss Dudley, but yeah that kind of kind of works with the direction i think i can sort of see what they're going for you know that that sort of um space odyssey sort of feel mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah did you like the music or was it a bit too ages for you
0: uh, i don't mind this one actually i think from yeah. from this point onwards i wouldn't say I, I like you i think i prefer dudley's music a little bit more mm. but this isn't bad at all it's quite it's quite it enjoyable it. yeah. yeah it's pretty good actually um it's just not but, quite as Quirky, as Dudley's music because his no. music it threw like a few curveballs at you, like these strange sound effects that mm. you know. Where this one's a bit more run of the mill, you know, sci-fi because it's it's done by the Radiophonic, isn't it? From here on, mm. uh, so yeah, it's a good mix. It fits well. But
2: I lo- yeah. I loved the end. I mean, there's a couple of good bits when there's sort of like the drum build-up and stuff. I thought, oh, this is quite good stuff actually. I d- yeah, and but I, d- I loved the the end the very last piece of music before the credits kicked in it's sort of there's like this swirly sound I thought oh, some really nice 80s synth sounds in this so I you know I quite liked the music I I suppose we did have quite a lot of Dudley for many years so it's not a bad thing to to mix things up a bit especially as they want to take it in a new direction so I totally get that but yeah no I quite enjoyed the music in it and what about the new theme then that, I really like that theme. It's nice. I have yeah. to say, yeah, I do like it. It's, um, it is a synth. I mean, oh, I don't know. The, the, the version before is so iconic and I think it is the best, but, but yeah, I, maybe cause I kind of grew up with this theme. I mean, this is the theme I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I do actually really like, um, Peter Howell's version of the theme. Yeah.
0: That's no, cool. I yeah. like it.
2: There's a really good documentary on the, on the Blu-ray. It might even be on the DVD. I'm not sure. Of him showing you how he put it all together is fantastic. It's it's really good. Yeah. Really yeah, good little documentary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We we use a fan made version of it for our podcast. Yeah. In fact, yeah. for the classic bit, yeah. And
2: yeah. That is yeah, it's good. just great yeah. to see him sat with all these synths and mixing it and sort of, <laughs> you know, changing the sounds and yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. So I like the theme. I do like the theme.
0: What about the wires that you can see on the beach pulling K9?
2: <laughs> well that's the thing with blu-ray it's so crystal clear you can see everything i think um, yeah i think yeah, you could. yeah um i feel a little sorry for k9 because i love k9 but i get why they wanted to write him out um it's very interesting hearing jnt talk about the reasons for wanting to get rid of k9 and the sonic screwdriver because um it does make me think maybe you know the new series people should listen to what they're saying because I agree with him in many ways, as much as I love K-9. You know, he's just saying you can't just have these things that just get you out of situations every two minutes, you know, and it's it's just become too much. So, mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like if you want to write him out, just write him out. Don't keep blowing him up and making him ill and <laughs> all these stupid <laughs> things that we get for the next four episodes until they write him out. Mm-hmm. Just write him out. I, don't, I just don't get why they just kept coming up with ways to get rid of him. In this season, at the start of every story, just you know, if you want to get rid of him, get rid of him. So I feel a bit sorry for him when he blows up at the beach. Just it feels a little unnecessary, if you know what I mean. Just
0: yeah, I don't
2: know. Bit. Just drop K nine off at the beach or or say goodbye to him. Don't don't keep doing all these things to him every week. It's uh, he gets his head knocked off, doesn't he? And um, I don't know, all sorts of things happen to him in this in this season before he finally goes. And
0: poor little Tim doesn't dog. get.
2: Yeah, and he doesn't get to do anything. It's just a shame, I think. It just you just feel like they just wanted to, yeah, yeah, to lose to lose the tin dog. Yeah, but I, I just wish they'd just done it instead of having all this silly stuff every week that we get. But yeah, hey, I mean, it's is ridiculous, isn't it? Him going into the sea. For oh, of course, yeah, you yeah, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But poor old canine. And Lala's like it's like a Hammer Horror moment. Anyway, <laughs> she's like canine. <"Hey>, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a shame. Because- yeah, and I mean, John.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, in this one, as you to say, in this one, he gets these little cameos where he just gets beaten and tortured. And yeah. then at the start of Sarah Jane, he just gets shoved in the cupboard because he has to go and do something else. <laughs> yeah. So he always seems to pop up and we yeah. think, yeah, k 9s going to see a bit of action. But then they're like, no, nah, we just, we want you to know that he's around, but yeah, we don't want you to know that much. Just leave him. Yeah, right. And now.
2: I always feel a bit sorry for John Leeson as well because, I mean, he he left the series for the season before. So we got a different actor doing the voice, um, whose name I forget. And then they said to John, Oh, can you come back for the last season? Oh, right then. And he just doesn't get to do anything, really. Um, but also, I do feel sorry for him because Tom Baker says in the interview, you know, that he's like, I hated K9 and all this sort of <laughs> stuff. And I think, but when you watch the behind the scenes, like, and, and like the read throughs they used to have for these things, like, Tom and Lala and John they seem to be having so. you know they really seem to get on well and I think oh that's a shame because if I was John Leeson and I'd been doing all that stuff and then I hear Tom say oh I hated K9 I'd be thinking oh you know it's, it's, I'd still take it a bit personally but anyway yeah poor (laughs) Poor old K9 yes and uh, yeah talking of the Sonic (laughs) that's
0: been in better shape
2: yeah I noticed that
0: Well, (laughs) it was all bent all bent and like someone's thrown it thrown it in the car on the way and sat on it. I,
2: I reckon Tom did that, and he's probably sat waiting <laughs> to do a take and he's just letting out of it for us because it looks like if someone's got it between two hands and just burnt it in yeah. half, doesn't it? yeah it, looks, it awful. looks um looks terrible. yeah, we only see it like once, don't we? It doesn't yeah, it's only a short yeah, yeah, yeah it's not overused uh, like now, but yeah, yeah, so yeah, it does look in um doesn't look in great condition.
0: It's seen better days. I mean, fortunately, they have rebuilt the tardis for this episode onwards so that's a bit of a strange one because
2: yeah it's funny yeah
0: yeah to me for me personally i feel like they should have just rebuilt the tardis in the wood effect Mm. you know had a a a proper wood tardis that they just looked after a bit more so i believe this one was made from plastic um this one it was made oh fiberglass this was made out of this fiberglass yeah. yeah
2: <clears throat> and um, it's funny because it still looks rocket like in that even in the very first shot i remember thinking oh the tardis looks a bit like the doors aren't quite shut properly and it looks a bit battered and then i find that it's a brand new prop and i'm like what exactly yeah i it would have been much better to just rebuild it in like
0: yeah. proper solid wood and then just look after it but then yeah they've built it in out of fiberglass and painted it somewhere and then mm. when they've like moved it around and then transported it, and then moved it around again on the set. It's just battered again, so you've gone from you know a rickety old thing to another rickety thing <laughs> made of different materials. you haven't actually accomplished anything in making it look like you know a new a brand new season and a new tardis it's just it's weird
2: and is it to thinking of that as well if so it's a brand new prop in this, and I'm thinking of the state of it in um. Legopolis. Oh, the windows crikey, are all yeah. broken. Magic, remember that? Or is yeah. that the old prop that they've... Oh, I don't know, actually. Maybe that's the old... Because there's two TARDIS in the Legopolis. Maybe one's the old prop made to look like the new one. I don't know. But they look battered by Legopolis. Both of them, from what I remember. Like the windows are all brown. and like You know, you can always tell the glass panels seem to... They go from, like, <laughs> being all glass panels to being two glass panels and a bit of cardboard, don't they, in the... <laughs> The, the windows of the TARDIS, you know what I mean? Sometimes you get close at shots, and you're like, what's happened to the windows? So, so, yeah, I don't know. It, it certainly doesn't look new, but apparently it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking
0: <laughs> of TARDIS windows, just very quickly before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, our uh, long-term listener and reviewer, Sammy, from Down Under, yeah. she tweeted me the other day, and I didn't know the answer, but maybe some of our listeners might. She put a, a picture on from uh, The Dalek Invasion of Earth. Actually, in *The Planet of Giants yeah. as well. Uh, a picture of the old black and white TARDIS and the windows on the right-hand side, they angle inwards. Yeah. You know, like on some cars where they don't have a proper window open, you just sort of pull the window and it creates... Yeah. Um, and she's asking um, uh, why they the, the TARDIS windows were like that because we don't see it in, in any other story, to my knowledge. Mm. So the windows on the front where the doors are, they're like perfectly flush with the, the door, they're straight. But on the, the two windows on the right-hand side, around the, the side, they're sort of angled inwards. It's a bit like they're on a, on a hinge that you can pull inwards if you want to get some fresh air. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. So I don't know the answer as to why they're like that. If it's a prop error or if that was an early design feature that was just taken out very early on, I'm not sure. But if anybody knows, I let, think, let us know.
2: I think it's an early design feature, mate. I think it's just they never really bother to open them. But I I think it's intentional. Um, As I said, I don't know. So someone out there might want to correct us. But I I think it was a a design of the TARDIS. It was because I think it's supposed to be like, I think real police boxes might have (laughs) done that where you could just open the window a little bit, Mm. let some air in. Um, So I think it's a, I think, I don't think it's a a mistake. I think it's it's supposed to be like that. I just don't think they open them very often. So you don't see it on screen much. And also I'll tell you who would know, Clayton Hickman.
1: Oh, Clayton. Um, but yeah.
2: also, I think I'm right in saying, and again, someone might want to correct me, but I think I'm right in saying that Jodis TARDIS has that feature, but we haven't seen it on screen. I'm, oh, I'm yes. almost yeah. positive. I'm almost yeah. positive I saw when we were sort of building up to his 11, oh, they've done that thing with the TARDIS windows, but we haven't seen it on screen. I think. I, think I don't know. I'm right, sure right. When you, you yeah. know. when she comes in and the box is inside, I think you can actually see the windows can do that but yeah so it's it's a it's a TARDIS feature that doesn't get used much I think I think you're right mate yeah yeah
0: so Sammy I'll send your tweet over to Clayton Hickman he'll know um but he'll know we're guessing (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah Yeah. Uh, but anyway just wanted to throw that in there so is there anything else you want to bring up dude about this story before we put Uh, a score on it
2: uh, no, no, not really. Just a, just, a, just a quick bit about the cast, because I won't remember any of their names, um, but I thought on the whole they were pretty good. But I, I, I do like David Haig as an actor, um, and I know this is kind of early days of him, so far from his best performance, but I do think he's a good actor, and it's um, good to see him in it. <laughs> but uh, he's a bit OTT at times. It's probably not his finest hour, but it, I still think he's good in it, so I just wanted to say I like David Haig in this. Um, but I thought all the cast overall were, considering they're under those walnut whip hairdos, I thought they were giving quite good performances, (laughs) really. There was no one, yeah, (laughs) there was no one in this that I thought was bad in terms of acting. I felt like the cast were taking it seriously, all of them. Um, Nobody from memory stood out as being bad. I even liked the sort of villain-type guy who looked a bit masterish to me. Uh, What was his Hmm. name? Um, You know the guy I mean? The guy who turns out to be one of the green... Sleeping bags. Um,
0: yeah, I don't. I've forgotten his name. Was it Hard? No, no, not Hardin. He was a I scientist.
2: Uh, Brock. I thought I'd remember it because he had quite a good. Yeah, he had quite a good name. It could be Brock. I think, I think it's Brock. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he looked a bit like the Master. Mm. Um, but I thought he was quite cool as well. I'm sure as well. Am I going mad? Or did I hear? Were did I hear the Master slash Magister mentioned in this? I meant to go back and check. I'm sure I heard that mentioned in episode one, and I was a bit like, "What? The Master? The Master? What?" I don't know. I may have. I may have got that wrong. I did. I did zone out a lot. Sorry. Yeah, um, me too, mate. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I. I don't remember, but. Um. I, I'm, yeah, I don't know why. I'm just sure I heard that mentioned. Anyway, yeah. Overall, I thought the cast was pretty good, and I liked David Hake losing his mind yeah. <laughs> and being reduced to a baby at the end of the. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah,
0: I know why you like David Haig. is because in the same year, he was in Blake 7. He's in Blake 7. For an yeah, yeah, I can see single. through you, mate, like a
2: <laughs> sheet of glass. Uh, yes, he's in Blake 7. He's in, He's been in loads. <laughs> he's in Killing Eve recently as well. He's a great... Yeah, most people are remembering from... um, What's that comedy series Ren Ackston, the police one? Oh, The Thin Blue Line the thin blue line yeah, yeah he was the sort of police officer in that and uh we oh, don't have time for,
0: for fannying around <laughs>
2: that's it yeah the, yeah him yeah yeah the that's un- him, yeah.
0: yeah yeah, he was amazing yeah. is that
2: well what was his catchphrase or was that it <laughs> that was it was yeah he, he, said, he said the same thing every week didn't he yeah that was it yeah yeah him i like him as an actor and he's yeah he's he's just cool yeah don't yeah. have time for that yeah yeah
0: di grim yeah yeah
2: di grim yeah, yeah.
0: that's, that's it yeah he was amazing so uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> But he's been in so many things, though. You've probably oh, seen him. Oh, he's done him. loads. Yeah. yeah. Over the years, from, I'd say, about 1991 up until last year, you've probably seen him play a very small part in pretty much everything that's been on TV. Uh, he was in the thick yeah. of it for a couple of episodes as well. I was he's just going to say, but, yeah. yeah,
2: he's great in the thick of it. He's yeah. so funny because, he, again, he gets really angry and then he has to yeah. laugh it off. And he's he's so good at doing that sort of character, yeah. Yeah, I just like David Hague. I think he's a cool Cool actor, he is. But yeah, quite yeah. young in this early days him I assume. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did he do much before this? No, Probably. this is one of his first. I was going to say, things. I thought it thought it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: right, let's put a score on this. Uh, yeah, I think it's you uh, to go
2: first, uh, isn't it? Is it me? Oh, I think it's you this time. Yeah. All right,
0: uh, I am going to go with
2: a five point five. Oh, that's quite low. A oh, little bugger. Mm yeah yeah um well I'm, actually i'm not much ahead of you i'm a 6.5 okay um yep. yeah i was hoping i'd be around the 7 7.5 i was hoping it would be a bit of a um i was hoping it'd be a bit of a sun makers actually where i was like yeah yeah, yeah this is you know quite like it but no i didn't quite make it up there so so it's a 6.5 for me okay, it, okay. like you said it's not bad it's not bad by any means i just find it a bit unengaging so yeah i just find yeah. it
0: very middle of the road I think there's some stuff mm. in there to like. It's pretty good. But a lot of it is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Switch, it, I just get really, it's one of those stories where I switch off very quickly. And yeah, it annoys me because I have to rewind a little bit to yeah. to, to to hear conversations again. But anyways, uh, 6.5 for you, 5.5 for me. Let's see uh, what our uh, lovely listeners had to say on this one. We've got some audio clips in. Let's listen from Sammy from Down Under.
1: Hey, Gary and Adam Semestine here. So, the Leisure Hive. I'm sorry, fans of this story, but I got bored, distracted, and engaged the dreaded fast-forward button on this. I couldn't take to it at all. I love the Force Doctor and I love Romana too, but they couldn't save it for me. I like Romana's outfit and Tom's burgundy look. I give it two out of ten. See ya.
2: Two. <gasps> Two out
0: of ten. I think that's I think that's your lowest score, Sammy. It's, uh, I'm pretty
2: sure it is. Yeah. yeah. She's watching it on double speed as well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, thank you very oh much, though, Sammy. Me. Appreciate your um your thoughts on that. Let's go to Matt Steele.
1: Hello, Garen Adam. Matt Steele here again. Nice to have you back. So this week, the Leisure Hive. Yeah, I thought the title sequence was really good um, on the updated uh, Blu-ray box sets. I don't think I've ever seen so many beach huts or deck chairs in my life. Uh, it looks like K-9 is being dragged along by a bit of rope on the beach. The recreation generator scenes had me in bits. Hmm, bad choice of words. Was the sonic screwdriver bent in episode 2? The makeup for the Doctor aging looks really good for the time. The uh, Doctor using the TARDIS as a blackboard as well was really cool. Doesn't the uh, Formazi sound like R2-D2? And do you think Russell T. Davis got the idea of the Slovenius in the human skin suit from the Formazi? A good story, if a little unfulfilled, and we needed more canine. Overall, I give this 6.5 tachyon particles out of 10. Have a good week, guys. I'll see you again. 6.5.
2: The same thing. You know when they find one hanging in the wardrobe? I was like, hello. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Yeah, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? That's
0: a good point, Matt. And I think I think a lot of modern Doctor Who uh, borrows uh, many ideas from a lot of the classic stories. There yeah. are so many things. I mean, if you, um, yeah, you can you can link a lot of those ideas um, from classic Who. So I think it happens a lot. So uh, uh, as an example, Midnight. You know the planet Midnight. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a leisure planet. And the rest of it's inhabitable, and it's only the little complex uh, that you can get to, which is meant to be a, like a perfect holiday destination. Pretty much the same idea, you know. So, uh, a lot of new Doctor Who does. You know, you can tell that the showrunners are, are big fans of classic Who because they're like, "What can I just re-engineer into yeah, they'll, a decent, never know yeah, they'll never notice. Yeah. They'll uh, never. But yeah, <laughs> and thank yes,
2: you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the sonic was bent.
0: <laughs> properly bent.
2: Yeah, Tom had, yeah, snapped his head off, I think. By the...
0: <laughs> Which is really surprising because it's a close-up shot of the Sonic.
2: I know. Oh, they didn't care, mate. No, <laughs> Actually, so... they were probably against time because on that studio footage, they switched the lights off, <laughs> don't oh, they? yeah, yeah. And that scene, yeah, can we just do that again? No, sorry, we can't. And then the lights go off. They probably didn't have time.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> time and money. They didn't have any of it back in the day. So There we go. Our, our last uh, audio clip. Uh, this is in from Lewis Palmer.
1: Hello to the Big Red Rocks podcast. Um, Leisure Hive. Yeah, and, uh, at a point in time, this was my least favourite Doctor Who story, like, ever. Um, I even made a video on my YouTube channel calling it such, and, like, going through why I hated it so much. I regret that video now, because since get it, I won the season 18 set, came out, I watched it, and I thought... Yeah, this really ain't that bad. Um, the, the direction is gorgeous. It's really ambitious for uh, for classics or and it, it's. I can't believe it's something I've never picked up on before. But the shots are so ambitious, um, and it, you know that really shines shines through here. Um, the story itself is quite interesting um tom baker is is actually you know considering season 18 he's known for being grumpy he's actually quite jovial in this one yeah it ain't that bad it's never going to be one of my favorites but it's a solid sort of you know five six out of ten i I guess uh see you next time guys
2: jovial lewis you need to watch the behind the scenes (laughs)
0: Jovial, yeah 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 uh thank you very much lewis uh interesting thought i think uh uh, you mentioned right at the beginning of the review, Adam, that a lot of people have felt that way since getting the Series 18 box set. They've cracked this open yeah. and think, uh, actually, it's not as bad as they remember. So, yeah, that's really cool, actually. If those of you that have done that and you've found a new love for it, then that's very, very cool, indeed. Yes. Uh, over on Twitter, we had Jack the Hoovenier says, I, I'm a fan. Tom got a new outfit, which I love, and it's a great way to reboot the show with JNT. Uh, Tom is still very much enjoying the role, uh, and it's great that Lala Ward gets uh, quite a bit to do as well. The Doctor being old is very interesting as well, an 8 out of 10. Okay. Uh, TF Production 17 says, after the longest panning shot ever, uh, we are treated to the Doctor and Marner wandering in front of some garage doors for an episode. (laughs) Do you know what? I tried to put my...
1: Yeah, garage doors. I
0: tried to put my finger on that. As I was watching it, I was thinking... Because some of the roof just looks like corrugated plastic that you see on those old greenhouses. That
2: yeah,
0: when you couldn't afford a glass greenhouse, you got the plastic cori- that, But the the actual walls of the corridors they were garage doors, weren't they? I could <laughs> try and the, then. Oh, yeah. crikey, uh, yes. Anyway, he says uh, walking in front of wandering in front of garage doors for episodes. It's not the best story ever. It's not the worst, but I can at least have some fun watching it. Uh, a five out of ten, a six at a push okay right. uh, Sebling G Sebling uh, said I think it's fun I love the costume designs in this story there's some unique and jazzy about them but plot wise a lacks a little uh, 6 out of 10 maybe a 7 cool uh, Jordan Shortman one of our writers said actually head over to our website this is a shameless plug head over to the website because Jordan pushed out 3 or 4 really good big finish reviews yeah uh, over in the past week so if you uh interesting in some of the recent um, Big Finish releases. We've got some great reviews uh, over on the website. Anyway, he says, uh, it's quite fun. Uh, it certainly brings in a whole new era for the show. Uh, I love Tom's new outfit and the whole thing looks like it had some money spent on it. Uh, I don't even mind the FAMASI. Uh, overall, it's a good start to the 80s run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Edward Galuli says, a reasonable story, although arguably the worst of that particular season. Uh, 6.5 tachyon particles out of 10. <laughs> uh, who else have we got sarah uh, the running hoovium, uh, says i thought it was a good concept and the story did hold my attention throughout but upon reaching the end i did question why it was all very bizarre uh not a story i'd reach for or recommend i'm afraid it was very funny to see a white-haired tom compared to now though <laughs> five out of ten mm-hmm. uh, zini uh sorry finny zare says uh, visually it looks impressive Uh, But the story really doesn't build very well. And as a season opener, I think it's very weak. Uh, Plus, both the Doctor and Romana seem almost secondary to the story. Possibly my least favourite of Series 18, 4 out of 10. Mm. And lastly on Twitter, Genesis of Androzani says, The front end is messy, but interesting, lots of potential. But then about halfway through Part 3, it all just falls apart. And then Part 4 is some, some of the worst Doctor Who I've ever seen uh confusing uncomfortable and downright annoying and stupid 3.5 out of 10 genesis of (laughs) androzani not a fan
2: yeah
0: oh dear and then over on facebook we had a few there miles mckenzie says so strange just finished watching this one for the first time from the season 18 box set Uh, i felt sort of bored during the first half but i rather enjoyed the second Uh, very strange but new quite the mixed bag but i enjoyed tom and lana's performance And love the line, arrest the scarf then. yeah. Uh, Overall, a nice story, but not one I'd immediately think of. A 6 out of 10, Charlie Turner. Fun fact, before I say my thoughts on this, I live near where the first five minutes were filmed. Ah. Uh, I don't live in Brighton exactly, but near enough, (laughs) depending on car traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, The Leisure Hive is one I can call one of my least favourites. Couldn't get past episode one on the second viewing. One good thing I can say is that I think it's better than The Sunmaker's in terms of a fourth Doctor story, because unlike that story, this one has stuff happening, even if it is Mm. rubbish, a three out of ten. Rick Moran from the Doctor Who Appreciation Society says, Gone is the tongue-in-cheek humour from previous seasons, and we have a more serious tone to everything, which is down to new script editor uh, Chris Bidmead, and who uses hard sci-fi concepts throughout the season. Uh, This leads to a more serious and dramatic show, and despite the premise revolving around a man with megalomaniac ambitions, trying to get his hands on a machine that will make his ambitions a reality, the story David Fisher is relatively engaging with constant plot turns, and perhaps the best aspect to the story is how well the cliffhangers are developed. That is true, actually. Mm. The cliffhangers do make a decent comeback.
2: They, They are brilliant cliffhangers, I have to say. They are good.
0: They are good. Yeah, nice one, Rick. Yeah, they are good. And lastly, Kevin Mullins says, From the opening credits to the panning shot and the final reveal of the fourth Doctor is a much darker costume than we've ever seen him in. It's apparent that the series had reinvented itself again. It looks glossy and the writing and tone is light years ahead of the pantomime stories from the previous year. Uh, Saying that, as a kid, it was boring as hell and it's only in the last few years, especially with the Blu-ray release, that I finally realised how good a story it is. The obvious mm. tension between Tom and Lala is palpable. Uh, they can hardly bear to look at each other and I can't begin to imagine how difficult it was working on set. Overall, a solid story. 7.5 shiny helmets of theron out of 10.
2: <laughs> Great stuff.
0: That's very true, Kev. Thank you very much, guys. Mm. Thank you all of you for sending in your reviews and your thoughts and clips and whatnot. Uh,
2: next week, what have we got, buddy? So next week, yeah, we're back to uh Torchwood. Uh, with the episode out of time it's called out of time
0: out of time let's say Mm. we're are we on series one still
2: we're still on series one how is that possible (laughs) i don't know we're on series three of sarah jane amazing but we're still on episodes uh yeah still on season one we must be coming up
0: to the end of that
2: though surely um i'm just gonna have a look actually I'm, I'm on it
0: now. Here we go. It. So, no, we're not. So, there's still one, two, there's three episodes after this, and then we're at the end of series one. Okay. So, we're kind yeah, so of there. To,
2: yeah. Yeah. Is it because, um, say, so they did, yeah, 13, 13 episodes of series one? And two. And two. But how many episodes of Sarah Jane then? Because we've been doing them, we've been doing them, we started them at the same time, didn't we? I'm just trying to work out how we're so ahead of Sarah Jane, but yeah.
0: Uh, well, Sarah-Jane, yeah, we've been doing them as two-parters, haven't we, all together?
2: Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, we're doing them, so
0: yeah. Mind you, having said that, there's only six. Oh, actually, no, I But sp- yeah, there's six stories, but 12 parts, I suppose. Gosh,
2: yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So we've, like, yeah. halved
0: it, haven't we, the amount of time, <laughs> roughly. But anyways, yeah. yes, Torchwood next week, uh, out of time. So get your DVDs or your Blu-rays, watch for that, because we'll be asking for your thoughts. And I think, buddy... We're going to wrap there for 236. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks muchly for listening to episode 236. It's been great talking through some really good news coming up so the the big finish 20 hour live stream over on YouTube and the really cool John Pertwee uh, Centurion Centenary show uh, (laughs) going out on BBC Radio 4 Extra uh, tomorrow morning if you're listening to this on Friday launch day that's going to be really cool Uh, and the calendars eh, uh, take your pick with those (laughs) Uh, Hmm. the wall one eh, desk one thumbs up yeah. Uh, thank you so much for your thoughts and reviews uh, on the leisure hive uh, to sammy matt and lewis for your audio clips and everyone else on twitter and facebook very cool to hear your thoughts as always next week as adam said out of time for torchwood so get that watched because we'll be asking for that in the meantime head over to the website uk. you can listen to all of our episodes on there plus there are loads of buttons to go off to the various Uh, podcast networks uh just drop us a subscribe in whichever podcast app you use we're on all of them pretty much um so you never miss a show when that lands uh every friday and if you've got a minute for a review and a rating that'd be awesome because that helps us out lots and there's also buttons to go off to the various social networks we're on twitter facebook and instagram just give us a follow on there because we chat doctor who during the week between episodes my co-host adam is over on youtube under the moniker of the geeks (laughs) handbag
1: handbag. yeah
0: indeedy just do a search with the geeks handbag give adam a subscribe and a a like on his videos so many cool videos over there if you're into reviews and unboxings and all that stuff all geek stuff just hours of fun over on adam's channel and adam's also on the socials as well under the same name the geeks handbag just do a search and follow him on there and join the community we've got some great people who chat doctor who it's very very cool Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Until next week, then, for 237, my name's Gary. And my name's Adam. And remember.